0: Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. The importance of forgiveness uh, might be uh, realized as soon as you see that it's right there in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so when asked to teach us to pray, he made sure that forgiveness was one of the motifs in that prayer. Uh, and of course, we have our own experience. We've been wronged by people uh, and by people we love, uh, not, not just by enemies. Um, and we've probably all been in, in a spot where we realize that we're under obligation to forgive or we're under obligation um, to ask forgiveness. So we're going to take some time right now to look at how to choose forgiveness because it is an act of the will, and how choosing forgiveness can unleash the power of God's grace. In fact, that's the title of a new book by Father Thomas Berg. He co authored it with Dr. Timothy Locke. And uh, Father Thomas, uh, again, has been with us a number of times before. He is professor of moral theology and director of admissions at St. Joseph Seminary in Yonkers, New York. He earned his doctorate in philosophy at Rome's Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum. And in addition to scholarly work in bioethics, he's been published or quoted in Homiletic and Pastoral Review, Crisis Magazine First Things, Wall Street Journal, New York Times. He's also the author of Hurting in the Church A Way Forward for Wounded Catholics. And you can follow him on Twitter at FRT Berg, Father T. Berg. Father, good to have you back here. Thanks.
1: Nice, really nice to be with you, Al. Thanks for taking the time, and thanks for especially opening up a window to talk about this topic, which is uh, uh, an important one.
0: Sure. Uh, Let's start out with some, try to get a a definition here. What does it mean to forgive? What is forgiveness?
1: Yeah, uh, we talk about that in the First chapter and kind of point of departure to understand that I think most people when they think of forgiveness, it's letting go of something. You know, there's something, especially with the bigger hurts in life, um, the person from the person who's hurt us. Uh, you know, we want something. You know, and sometimes that's as simple as we kind of think of it. Well, I want an apology. Darn it! Mm-hmm. I want I want this person to apologize. I want this person. And what we identify in the book, um, the name we put on it, is is validation. What we're really looking for is for this person to to validate me. You know, I my my dignity in some degree has been. Trampled upon, and you know. So we're looking for that, and and the point we make, the way we kind of define forgiveness in a way is to to re to renounce that demand or to let go of that need to be validated by this other person, and and we can do that, especially with with God's grace, we can we're we're enabled to do that. But obviously, that's that's the the very 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 hard thing to yeah. uh, to let go of because because that need arises from something very deep in us. Um, but uh, we would suggest that's what forgiveness is all about.
0: Well, that's interesting. So so, uh, the need, forgiveness is surrendering the need to be validated by the person who you regard as the offender. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, You know, you, you address this problem in the book, and I think we've all seen it, where people are too quick uh, to forgive. Uh, there's been actually no confrontation. There's been no challenge. But forgiveness is used as a way of not dealing with the hurt at all. So people stuff it. They say, Oh, it's no big deal. No problem. I, you know, and they just walk walk away. Of course, they're still hurting. Um, what What do you suggest for people who have a tendency to just walk away and not want to deal with the fact of the offense?
1: Yeah, uh, that's... A very common thing, I'm sure. I know I've done that. Yep, we me too. Probably all done that, you know. Um, and I, I think, to some extent, you know, with the smaller hurts in life, um, with well, you know, with a little virtue, that sure. you know, that that can be legitimate. Right, you know, the guy who cuts right. in front of me in traffic. I, okay, come on. I mean, yeah. I can I can let go of that. All right, you know. Um, but you know, these bigger things in life, sometimes that that quote unquote supposed quick Forgiveness that can just be a little more than conflict avoidance. I just don't. I don't, or I don't. I don't like to have these bad feelings, so I tell myself that I'm I'm forgiving this person. Um, but as you point out, the the problem is that you know the the uh, the hurt remains, and um, and what can still fester there is uh, resentment and anger, and and uh, so what I suggest. That people do, especially if, you know, people find honestly they, they kind of have this habit, um, and they quickly convince themselves that oh no, no no it's it's all over I forgave them, um, just to examine that, and that's kind of what we um, invite people to do because the the thing is that um, forgiveness with the big hurts in life is often not just a one off kind of thing. Um, it's it's genuine deep forgiveness requires kind of a buildup and it may require renewing Hmm. uh, over time, you know, so we just really invite people to sort of take their own temperature and look at as, as they examine, you know, certain hurts in their lives, especially where they, you know, they convinced them on, I I forgave this person a long time ago. Well, did you, you know, really to, to kind of take a, a hard look at that and, and any, at any rate, um, even if we were convinced that we have forgiveness, can can and should many times be renewed um, again for our own interior freedom and and for the good of this other person who's hurt
0: us. Um, is it is it legitimate to want from the offender some gesture, some word, some apology, uh, something that acknowledges the offense that will help restore the the balance between us?
1: Absolutely. It's legitimate mm-hmm. to want that. And as a matter of fact, we, we point out in the book, especially with very grave offenses and very deep hurts and things that, you know, might even be criminal. I mean, um, it's also legitimate. It's not contrary to forgiveness to actually want and to seek justice. Right. Right. So, and in that, in that context as well, even anger, even as St. Thomas Aquinas would actually point out, can actually be a reasonable uh, emotional reaction. Um, And it's not, you know, we, it's, at, at times that can be a very legitimate and real reaction, even when we've forgiven the, the perpetrator. So, um, so we, we try to guide a reader through considerations of that. But to want an apology, but this is where, you know, life is life, of course. And um, we can oftentimes end up in a situation where this individual doesn't even acknowledge that they've yeah. done anything wrong. Yeah. Which um, you know can reopen wounds, and so we have to understand that at times in life um, apologies will not even as we might legitimately expect them, they won't be forthcoming, but that should not uh, stop us uh, from forgiving some some people uh, some thinkers feel that you know that it's actually illegitimate to forgive someone who's not willing to apologize and that like that's a right. a condition um, without which one should not but I think Christian forgiveness obviously um, invites us to uh, a higher a higher order of of um, forgiving and, yeah. and and mercy yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I think uh, even many of those who don't think you can forgive until the offender Acknowledges their offense. I think even mm-hmm. many of those people believe that at the very least you have to have a heart ready to forgive. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you've got to be open uh, to that. Uh, can forgiveness be so? So, if I'm still angry about the offense, but I have made an act of will, I've forgiven, I believe I've surrendered my need for self validation from this person. I'm still angry. Is that partial forgiveness?
1: No, I mean, it, 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 I guess it could be. And we talk, we talk about the, the reality of partial forgiveness. That may mean that my forgiveness is still being conditioned by something, by some further expectation that I might have. But, but it it can also be the real deal. You know, it can also be legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think an important point we we make again, especially with the big the big hurts in life when when by God's grace, I'm willing to forego and let go of my need um for validation from this individual um, and I let go of my need for an apology I let go and i and i I let go of of you know the the grudge that i'm I'm holding i just I let i let go of all of that by God's grace and I forgive. Um that is an enormously first of all that just to be able to do that by god's grace that is an enormously validating thing in itself mm-hmm. you know and um as we share in the book and, and the experience that we've um that especially persons who've experienced grave harms um sexual abuse and and other things and and, and have been able to forgive their perpetrators, that is also an enormously um, enabling thing. It's an empowering thing. It, it it returns agency to persons whose dignity has been trampled. So there's, so there is not to use a hackneyed phrase, but it, it is in fact great, especially grace forgiveness with yeah. the strength that Jesus gives us is enormously empowering, um, and that in a sense uh, is is what makes up for what we're you know letting go of or renouncing when when we forgive someone.
0: Very good. Father, uh, if you can hold it there, we're going to continue on the other side of the break. My guest, Father Thomas Berg, and he just mentioned, for instance, uh, forgiveness in the instance of sexual abuse. I think all of us are aware of how much uh, hurt, anger uh, is out there uh, that people are feeling towards uh, the church in general or the uh, Episcopacy in general. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Father Thomas Berg. He's co-author of Choosing Forgiveness, Unleash the Power of God's Grace. Father, I want to go to this question of forgiveness— In the aftermath of the abuse uh, crisis, uh, especially since 2018, there's been an extraordinary amount of hostile reaction to what bishops did or didn't do. And there are uh, just pockets of people who may even be growing uh, in strength held together by this common grievance against the church against the episcopacy what do you have to say to uh, people who are living with the the anger uh the frustration the huge disappointment uh that has followed the revelations of sexual abuse, and then of course, in twenty eighteen, the McCarrick incident
1: yeah, oh great question al um i I would have two things initially to say um, as as in any instance of holding on to unforgiveness and holding on to hate and holding on to anger, our problem when we do that uh, is that 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 can really become a, a cancer, a spiritual cancer for us. And so that's not a good place to be in, yeah. um, and that's the problem. Now, that being said, there is a certainly a just anger, as St. As Thomas Aquinas right. would say, a, <laughs> a reasonable amount of anger. Sure. Sure. Right. You know, (laughs) rightly directed. And that's and certainly in this situation, I think, you know, many of us have continued to experience that. And we and we we should. Um, The the right response, especially in thinking of victims of clergy sexual abuse, a reasonable response is that they should be angry with their perpetrators, Mm -hmm. not, uh, you know, their you know of course wanting to be in a place maybe where they can even you know eventually let go of that anger but and there's a there's an a distinction between hatred and and just anger of course you know we're yeah, not talk. talking about fomenting hatred but so um that being said the other the other dimension of this is that uh, and we point out we we write we wrote an afterword um, at the end of the book, talking about forgiveness in this context of the abuse crisis and the the second reality is that um, forgiveness is not uh, opposed to seeking justice right. um, so to you know to all of uh, the listeners out there with whom I certainly Sympathize the the anger and the um, longing for change and the expectation for accountability that still, in many cases, has not been there or is lacking. The lack of transparency at times from um, from some bishops and so on. It's certainly reasonable to continue to you know to expect that to change, to work for that to change, Mm -hmm. to want accountability. to to want justice. Why? Because that is also good for the church and actually good for the individuals. So so I think the important thing is, so it's possible, which is to say, it is possible to make the choice to forgive, um, but at the same time, Wanting and seeking justice, wanting and seeking and expecting change, a culture change within within the hierarchy. You know, the there. So those things are, and that's I think the problem for a lot of people is that people think, well, forgiveness means I just let myself get, um, you know, uh, bowled over, um, you know, and 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 trampled upon, right. and you know that right. that's not it. It doesn't mean renouncing the legitimate. Uh, aspiration to to justice um, and to change.
0: Let me uh, move to the question of forgiving oneself. Uh, is it even a valid concept, self forgiveness?
1: Well, we certainly think it is, um, and a, and a and a tough one. <laughs> okay, that you know that that is probably the, the scenario that vexes um, you know so many so many of us. Um, for different reasons, you know, and I, as a confessor, how many times have I, you know, heard that from, you know, kind of an anguished penitent, you know, Father, I believe God forgives me, but I, I don't know how to forgive right. myself. Yeah. So, so, in, yeah, in chapter two, we we, we kind of take that on, and and uh, the image that we use is that getting getting free from that. Kind of self-imposed shame or shaming, you know, unforgiveness toward ourselves. In a way, it's it's um, it's a way of beating up on ourselves that we think actually is our, our psychology is kind of telling us is a way of fixing this situation, which hmm. it actually isn't. Um, hmm. So it's it's a very subtle thing. But the image we use, it's it's kind of like uh, getting yourself out of quicksand. Yeah. Uh, which is tricky, which is tricky.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and and takes a, it takes a real attention to the process, too.
1: Right. Right. But 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 it is possible. Yeah. And and I mean, self-forgiveness is not uh, uh, some narcissistic thing. I mean, I guess. I mean, for a genuine narcissist, it certainly could be. I think narcissists are actually don't have a problem forgiving themselves they you know forgive themselves all the time um but uh for the for the rest of us who really struggle um yeah it's not it's not narcissistic it's 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 because why? because our Lord is the first one who who wants us to be free and to really embrace the full consequences of his own forgiveness um you know, so self forgiveness is really just to, I think, kind of as as C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, pointed out. It's it's a it's a way of you know, it's a way of embracing um, the fullness of God's own forgiveness. You know, if God. It's kind of like, well, if God has forgiven me, well, then who am I to, you know, who am I to right. withhold that forgiveness from myself?
0: Yeah. Now, is there a difference between? Um, I guess I want to get to. Exactly the way that Jesus helps us forgive and what might be the difference between natural forgiveness or human forgiveness that the unbaptized can exercise, and graced forgiveness, which we generally associate with uh, you know a gift from God uh, that the baptized receive,
1: yeah, yeah, that's uh, another. Theme that we we try to explore, not you know, not not exhaustively. It's you know, we weren't writing a theological treatise, but but it's you know, it's the mystery of um, how we, we, we understand in our understanding of, of the human person having received baptism, and uh, we we understand that you know God's grace does uh, precede, accompany, and 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 second. Um not, not seconds our human efforts, but also even sets us up it It sets us up for the good choices that we can make it um it, you know grace the assisting grace, actual graces that we receive so so in forgiveness um god's grace is i I'd say it's one of the it's one of the areas of our lives where god's grace is almost like hyperactive if we're just open mm. open to that. Um, because I think, you know, forgiveness, it just seems to me so, so, um, um, it, 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 it's, it's that choice that so deeply identifies us with our Savior, yes. so deeply identifies us and places us in communion with God's saving action in the world. Um, so, um... I think there is such a thing as, you know, obviously, even in, you know, in secular society, historically, we, you know, we have concepts of, of, um, pardon, redemption, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the, um, you know, forgiveness of debts and so forth. I mean, there are certain, there certainly can't, there's certainly human compassion. But I think, well, the point is that, um, this is something that our Lord, this is something that the Holy Spirit wants to work in us, um, as an expression of mercy and most of the time really requires the the help of grace um especially with those those deep hurts
0: you've got in in the book you have a um a four-step process uh by which uh you can forgive C- can you give us a brief outline of this uh, uh this four-step process the uncovering and deciding yep. and proclaiming and deepening
1: yeah yeah so, four steps um uncover you know so we're really talking we'll really kind of have in mind here uh, is inviting the reader to kind of sit down prayerfully, open to the holy spirit it's it's these are kind of an ex- steps of an examination of conscience or in a kind of a personal examination and the first step there is just to to uncover um this. You know it's a step that kind of invites me to examine my heart, see where I'm at, examine the situation, um, and sort of uncover what's wrong that that's sometimes we don't <laughs> uh, we know that something's wrong or something's bothering me and I you know I'm, I got to sit down and actually um, get under the surface there a little bit, and more often than not, I think we do realize well it's because I'm angry. Mm at someone for something, or I'm holding a grudge, or I'm holding on to anger. So so at first I would just become aware of what it is that I need to forgive. And actually put a name on it, Um, you know, the individual and what it is I need to forgive. And then that would then give way to a a decision um, to want to forgive. And this is where, again, we have to be honest with ourselves. And sometimes it takes time in God's grace, just to get to that place. I, I a lot of times I'll just ask uh, ask penitence. You know, well, are you are you in a place right now where you where you're ready, to, or can you at least say that you want to forgive this person? I'll, I'll we'll, a lot of times I'll just we'll take that. I mean, that's that's an okay place to be, and we have to realize that it might take us time in God's grace to build up on that, but eventually that step would come of actually deciding making that choice because forgiveness is a choice um, it's not a feeling I mean, we often remind have to remind people of that um, and then the, the the third step that we talk about um, is we call it proclaiming um, and I really I think this is this is very important it's very important psychologically and um, we're not you know, talking about stepping out onto a street corner and you know, <laughs> <laughs> proclaiming to the four winds. You know, I've I've forgiven my husband for having an affair. Or I've been, you know, right. it's, it, this is uh, this is proclaiming in the sense of, and particularly what we recommend, putting it in putting it down in in, in writing. Um, if you have a diary, you have a journal. And I, I prayerfully sit down, and, and this is something beautiful even, you know, for those listeners who have a habit of, of going to uh, Eucharistic adoration. What mm-hmm. a wonderful thing to do in the presence of our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. Sit down in my journal, and I put down today's date, and I write it out. I forgive my husband for, you know, and then insert whatever those things might be, or I forgive. Forgive my daughter. I forgive my. I forgive my dad for not being present to me when um, I most needed him. You know, um, that's really proclaiming it kind of to ourselves. Yeah. Such that we can always go back to that and and see that. Well, on on such and such a date, I did actually uh, forgive. Mm-hmm. And then the final phase of that—it's more of a, a phase than a step. Actually, would just be. Over time, deepening that, renewing that, um, perhaps even renewing that exercise because it's something I need to do. Because the the deepening, the the step of deepening is necessary. Because even though I made the decision and I proclaimed it, um, sometimes you know those bad feelings can really be oppressive at times. Right, they can come back and they trouble me, and I wake up the next morning and darn it, I'm still still so angry. So over time, we deepen um, that forgiveness, and mm. that can be very, very helpful.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, you've been very helpful to us today. And, uh, thank I, you, uh, Al. Thank you. Father Thomas Berg, the book is Choosing Forgiveness Unleash the Power of God's Grace. I'm Al Cresto.